Hi, this is Anita from the Global Trade Gal. You know, I'd have to say that it's rare for me to go up for, you know, by a week where I haven't got onto Netflix and somehow looked and see, oh, what's on Netflix? What's the movies? What's there to watch? You know, I'm sure many of you are kind of like that too, that you're not alone in that you, you know, maybe have a Netflix subscription, you have a subscription to Prime, you know, Amazon Prime, which I have a subscription to both of those. And to be honest with you, I don't watch regular TV. I stream almost everything online. There may be many of you out there who are exactly the same as me. I mean, my three go-to, I can tell you now, is YouTube, Netflix, and Amazon Prime. It's interesting to understand a little bit going back and, and from a leadership and business standpoint, the case study of Netflix and Blockbuster. Those of you who are maybe older might remember the Blockbuster stores. I remember them very well. You would, you know, it'd be a Saturday afternoon. What are we going to watch tonight? Let's go to the Blockbuster store. You go in there, you wander around the aisle, you look and you see what videos do they have? Oh, what looks interesting? It actually was quite fun because you could go and you could read the covers. You could, you know, talk to other people in there. It was almost like a bit of a social experience going to the video store or to the DVD store or whatever that you could actually, you know, um, sometimes you'd meet people there in the store like, oh, have you seen that movie? Oh, yeah, that movie was really good. Or, oh, no, that wasn't a good movie at all. And you, or you could go up and talk to the people that work at the store and they might say, oh, I recommend this movie for you. Everybody's talking about this movie. It actually was kind of a great social experience to go to the Blockbuster store. Not happening anymore. So what happened to Blockbusters? Why don't we hear the name Blockbusters anymore? This all had to do with what's known as disruptive innovation. And disruptive innovation was a, a phrase that was coined by a man by the name of Clay Christensen. And I've heard Clay Christensen speak great. He was, he was a great man. He he's unfortunately has, has passed away for now a few years, but was considered one of the best minds of business um, for probably this, this century or time. To understand this, you need to understand a little bit about the history about um, Netflix and, and blockbusters. You know, Netflix was founded in 1998 by Reed Hastings and Mark Randolph of Scotts Valley, California, with an initial investment of $2.5 million from Hastings. And they you know, opted, they said, well, look, DVDs are rather bulky, you know, and, you know, like compared to VHA tapes. So they said, why don't we, you know, start and we can send them out to people. So they started with, you know, basically 925 available titles. And then they began to introduce these monthly subscriptions, completely eliminating the single rental system. And they positioned themselves as this consumer-friendly type of alternative to the Blockbusters model. Well, they weren't always as giant as we know them today, but you know, they, you know, they had the dot-com bubble burst. They had their challenges of things that were going on. But one of the main thing is that they had this sort of disruptive strategy, which makes Netflix what it is today. You know, Netflix basically started targeting the low end. They had what would be known as a low end foothold. They targeted the lower end markets that blockbusters were sort of ignoring. You know, it presented itself as a hassle-free alternative to blockbusters by eliminating late fees. You know, this allowed Netflix to steadily grow its customer base. You know, it, the company focused on improving customer speed and, and the quality of the videos and then later the DVDs. 
it uh, basically was this sort of new market. It disrupted the industry by introducing DVDs and then later streaming services. And of course, today, streaming services is what everyone is doing. You know, Blockbusters and all of this, which is so interesting if you study this case, is Blockbusters totally missed the opportunity. In fact, it was, you know, Blockbusters could have seen what Netflix is doing and said, hey, maybe we need to do that. They didn't. They said, look, everyone loves our stores. Our stores are going to continue. This model is not going to change. In fact, it was even Netflix even went into Blockbusters and said, why don't you buy us? And then we can become your mail-in version of you. And Blockbuster said, no, we're not interested. So today, Netflix is a major player and Blockbusters is not. But here's 10 key lessons that we can learn from this. And one is to adapt or perish. You know, that Blockbusters and the Netflix story shows us that Blockbusters did not adapt, and so they base essentially perish. They've, they've gone out of business. They're no longer a significant player in the market in any way. I think Blockbusters went from something like, I don't know, it was 800 stores or something like that, and now they only have, like I think, one store. I don't know of anyone that um, you know, goes to a Blockbuster store anymore. You don't even hear the name anymore. Netflix recognizes low-end foothold. They said, look, there's this gap in the market. If we can get into that gap, we can make a difference. They embraced the technology early. They uh, believed in the streaming. They believed in embracing the technology, embraced that all early. They were a customer-centric or customer-driven approach they had. They decided that they were going to stay ahead of the innovation. They were not going to be scared of the innovation, but stay away from it. Whereas Blockbusters was kind of afraid of the innovation. They thought, no, nobody's going to want to stream. Everybody's going to want to keep coming into our stores. And, and maybe because they had such a foothold in these stores and had such an investment in the real estate and in the videos themselves that they just couldn't see how they could, you know, how they could change that. And they didn't change it. And so they ended up losing out. They used their data intelligently, like Netflix, you know, has been a pioneer in using big data to understand customer behavior and preferences. They, they've done this from the very beginning. They began to understand customer data. They began to see the shift in this customer data, and they changed. They learned to anticipate future trends. They, um, you know, blockbusters remain committed to their physical stores. Netflix anticipated the shift towards digital consumption. And that really is the key here, that Netflix saw this can be the shift towards this digital consumption that's going to go on, which of course everything's digital today, where Netflix thought, no, everyone's gonna wanna come to the store, this is not going to change. Netflix understood the market signals, they understood what the market was telling them and they used those signals to grow. And also, you know, Netflix wasn't without its problems. It had failures and it learned from its failures and their, their share of mistakes. You know, but Netflix showed the ability to learn from its failures, to pivot and to recover. So, you know, it's not that you in a business or whatever you're doing that you don't have failures in life. We all have failures in life. We all have things that change. And, you know, today this world is changing ever greater than it has before. I've, I've been saying for a long time, and if you've listened to any of my podcasts in the past, one thing that I've been saying about re, you know, all this remote work that's recently gone on with COVID, I've said one of the dangers is with AI coming in and all these people in the United States and Europe who are saying, I only want to work remotely, well, they could end up with their job going absolutely remotely to another country. You know, so... You know, all of these pivots or changes can happen. You know, so companies should not underestimate 
um, you know, the, these changes that could happen. Neither should employees, neither should others. They should understand that these things could happen. They need to look at the story of blockbusters and Netflix and understand that blockbusters today is still a relevant company, is, is an irrelevant company. Nobody knows about blockbusters, but Netflix today has remained very relevant. We have a blog on this, and in fact, I have a couple blogs written about Netflix and Blockbusters, but we have one called Netflix and Blockbusters, a case study of disruptive innovation. So if you'd like to be able to read more about this, understand more about this, we'll put a link below. It really is a very interesting type of case study, and it's there's something in here that all of us can learn from this. Every one of us in the global supply chain can learn from this. Never say that things won't change because they will and they can. This is Anita from the Global Trade Gal. Thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate you, our listeners. We'd like to thank their technical team that puts this together, and especially Rico helps make it possible. And just thank you all for being part of this community. Mm-hmm.